For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Now, third place you can also find me is in our Discord. That is our backup plan in case Twitter does crash, the site goes down for a couple days. Anything like that were to happen, all of our content would move over to Discord. Links to podcasts, articles, different notes. So send me a message. We'll get you guys added up in there in case you are worried. Like we are a little bit here still at Sports Ethos about Twitter potentially going down. I don't think it's that likely to happen anymore. They seem to have been able to keep themselves afloat now over this last week or so, and we didn't think they would, which is a good sign for sure. So I think we're going to be okay. But worst case scenario, everything will move into Discord. Today, we are going to wrap up the week of news, specifically looking at Bryce Harper today, Xander Bogarts. There was some news, a couple other players where there have been some rumors. We're going to talk about those. Uh, We'll talk about Aaron Judge a little bit as well, but we're going to start off today with Bryce Harper. Now, this happened a couple days ago, but we were doing our Hall of Fame shows these last couple of days, and so we didn't really touch on this one. We're going to talk about it now. We talked about it a lot before we knew what was going to happen, speculating about timelines for return and what the actual surgery would be. Well, he had Tommy John surgery, which was not really what we were hoping for. It's still not as bad as if he were a pitcher to get Tommy John. A lot of people hear that and they think a year and a half, uh, you know, 18 months or so he's going to be out. It won't be that bad. Uh, He's expected to return around the All-Star break with a possible later season return to the outfield. Now, this is really not great in terms of his fantasy value, of course, um, for the people who've already taken him very high up in the first round. Uh, it's not great. His minimum pick is sixth. Uh, someone took him sixth overall. Uh, he has fallen as far as 155 now with this news. And there have been 35 drafts now. That's, that's great. Uh, we're starting to get more and more of them, and they are all draft champions formats. So it'll be a little bit different, the advice and the general consensus on what to do with Bryce Harper, depending on where you play. Uh, If you're playing in these NFBC leagues, there's no IL slots. If you're taking Bryce Harper, he is going to sit on your bench until he is ready to return. And that's obviously not something you really want to do in most cases. He's going to be picked. Obviously, he's going to be picked. Um, But he's going to be likely post pick 100 in most cases in those particular drafts not to say that some people won't still take him in the 70s or the 80s uh, but I think for the most part he's going to start falling past pick 100 you're gonna have to wait on him for three ish months maybe he I mean I heard some people talking about maybe he'll beat the timeline I think that that's more wishful thinking slash coping trying to you know forgive yourself for taking him in the first round I don't think he's gonna beat it by too much whatever the case is he's gonna miss at least the first Three months of the season, I think that that's pretty safe to say. April, May, and June are gone, and then maybe some point in July 
uh, that's when we'll likely start to see him back. And then, of course, there are setbacks with injuries. There are different things we also have to worry about. Maybe he beats it. Maybe he ends up missing more time than we expect. He's definitely risky in a format with no IL slots. If you're going to be playing in, you know, you're going to be playing Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, or whatever, you're not going to be drafting for quite a while anyway. But when you do, you know, February, March, you start to draft. Bryce Harper is going to go a little bit higher in those formats because there are IL slots. You can pick them up, you can stash them, and it's not going to kill you like it would in a format where there are no IL slots. Obviously, it's a nice little bonus when you play on Yahoo, ESPN. He's still going to go probably past pick 100, I would imagine. Uh, but I would understand an argument for taking him a little bit higher in that in that kind of format, 80 or 90. I think, honestly, it's still everything is still figuring itself out ADP-wise and position rank-wise and everything else. But I think just inside the top 100, if you have an IL slot, and then probably 30-ish spots lower if you don't, that's going to vary. Maybe my opinion will change a little bit as, uh, as we go through the offseason. But as of right now, Bryce Harper is really hard to take in those first 10 or so rounds. You're talking about a 15-teamer. You're going to see him probably go round 9, round 10. But maybe you don't. Maybe he just keeps getting pushed down farther and farther. And I think anything beyond you know, 110, 120, 130, it's still going to be worth it. Even if you get half a season or two and a half months worth of Bryce Harper, let's call it you know 85 to 100 games, somewhere in that range. Maybe 100 is pushing it a little bit. But let's call it like 80 games at a Bryce Harper is worth more than like 120 or so, 130 out of your average player. Uh, most of the time, anyway. Bryce Harper is going to be a lot more valuable. So I think in this situation, uh, it really truly depends on your format when you're drafting. Uh, I think that he'll probably be pushed down in NFBC drafts as we keep going. And as when we start, I'm not sure when Yahoo will open up their drafts, uh, probably like January, February. I'd expect him to go up a little bit in those formats. Not to say that he's going to like increase from where he is now, because his ADP currently still sits at 27.83. Uh, that's because of all the early drafts that will adjust. He will go down over here, but I think that the more casual fantasy player, and that's what you typically get, Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, uh, even you know Fantrax, you're a little bit more of a casual fantasy player. And there are some serious players on those platforms as well, for sure. But I think a lot of people will see Bryce Harper falling around those numbers and they say, I don't care if he's going to be injured. I'm going to take him regardless. We saw it this year with Ronald Acuna. Granted, he wasn't going to miss that much time. Uh, Fernando Tatis, Jacob deGrom, these guys that were injured, we knew they were going to miss good chunks of the season. They were still taken within the top 50, 60 picks. Acuna was a second rounder this year, if memory serves. And then deGrom and Tatis were going around the 50-ish range, 50, 60 range. Uh, Harper will be a little bit lower, but I don't think he should be really that much lower in a lot of cases. If there's no IL, it's going to be really hard. But if you have an IL slot, I think that taking him, I wouldn't take him in the 50s, but 70s, 80s, in that kind of range, I think that that's going to make a lot of sense. Um, so let's move on. That's for, for Bryce Harper. And I think that we will still have changing opinions throughout the offseason as more news comes out. He's progressing well in his rehab. Bryce Harper took swings today, whatever. He'll move up the, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be taking swings anytime soon. He won't be taking swings for a while. But let's say we get to February, March, and, you know, there's some talk of Bryce Harper's in the cage. Bryce Harper was seen throwing the ball today in the outfield. Things like that will move up ADP. Obviously, like we talked about, there could be setbacks that would move him down. I think he'll take it easy for a good while, and then once we start to see anything like that, people will jump. Because when there is a superstar-level, multiple MVP winner like Harper, any tiny sliver of good news, you're going to see him moved up draft boards. So, 
again, we are going to be we are going to be monitoring this pretty closely here. Um, I'll write an article about this at some point, and we'll talk about it on the pod here and there because it is definitely one of the bigger stories of the offseason. Somebody like Bryce Harper, who has already gone in the first round in a number of drafts and a lot of drafts, um, we're gonna have to see how that really ends up impacting players because maybe. Maybe it doesn't even end up having the largest impact. Maybe let's say he beats the timeline by a couple weeks, or even he doesn't. And let's say you took him at the end of the first round. Um, you need to be able to tread water during those during that time period. Um, but if he comes back, you might end up winning your league if you were able to just stay relatively competitive during those first couple of months, and then you get a boost of Bryce Harper coming back. The same kind of thing this year if you took Jacob DeGrom. If you were able to at least remain competitive for the first few months of the season when DeGrom came back you were looking really good now he had a couple of rougher starts now near the end of the season but he was still incredible a similar kind of situation I think we could see here with Bryce Harper and it's something we're gonna have to really keep a close eye on Uh, there's some news about Xander Bogarts today that apparently the Padres are looking for him or they're looking for a shortstop and they're fond of Xander Bogarts now they would move Hassan Kim I always Hassan Hassan I always mix this one up uh, they would move Kim to a super utility kind of role. Fernando Tatis would move to the outfield in that situation. And holy crap, like that would just be ridiculous. Like if they have, they already have a ridiculous top of the order. You throw Xander Bogarts in there. I'm not a huge Bogarts guy, but at the same time, uh, he is a 300 hitter. He is somebody who's going to give you anywhere from 15 to 20 home runs. Uh, a huge asset in that lineup. I don't know that it's going to happen for sure, but apparently Juan Soto was the person who has been trying to recruit him. Juan Soto is trying to get Xander Bogarts um, to sign with San Diego, and that would lead me to believe that Juan Soto is probably going to sign long-term in San Diego. I know there's still been some talk about maybe he'll leave as a free agent. I don't think he will, and that's just another sign of he's likely going to come back here if he's recruiting players, especially someone like Xander Bogarts. It'd be different if he was recruiting, you know, like a random, you know, one-year contract kind of person. Um, But Xander Bogarts, if he signs, it'll be, you know, probably a five-year deal. I think probably maybe even longer, five, six years. He's 30 years old right now. Um, If he does convince him to come and sign Xander Bogarts, then I think that we can pretty much look at that as uh, not a guarantee, but a really good sign in the Juan Soto uh, situation in terms of re-signing there. Now, Xander Bogarts right now, he's going off the board as pick 86 on average. It says the minimum here is 55, but I know from our draft that we did in Arizona, they haven't updated that particular set of um, of draft picks into this. I mean, they've loaded the teams on here, but it's not a part of the ADP data yet. Xander Bogarts did go in the third round, I believe, to Britton Allen. I, maybe it was late second, early third. Britton listens to the show, so maybe he'll he can send me a message and let me know where exactly he picked him. Uh, but they haven't fully put that ADP data up there yet. So it says minimum pick of 55. It's actually somewhere in the 30s, I believe, uh, in the tw- late 20s or 30s. Uh, and then the max pick is 105. I truly think that he would go up the boards, maybe not substantially, but if he does sign with the Padres, I could see him moving up into that kind of dead range for shortstops, which would be somewhere in the 50s. 50s or 60s, because right now you have Trey Turner, Bo Bichette, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Those are your first round guys by ADP, 2, 8, and 14 for Turner, Witt, and Bichette. Then you have Fernando Tatis, who keeps going up draft boards. He's at 24. And then uh, Francisco Lindor at 32. And then after that, there's nobody else being drafted with shortstop eligibility until O'Neill Cruz, 
42 picks later at pick 74. And then you got Cruz, Swanson, and Seager all going in that range, followed by Tommy Edmond, Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts, and Wander Franco. I think that Xander Bogarts, should he sign with San Diego, would move up. He'd move up my list, certainly, because part of the concern with me and him is that the Red Sox are just really, as of right now, not looking like they're going to be so great. Uh, he's still been pretty good with the runs and the RBIs these last couple of years. But we've seen him also exceed 30 home runs, exceed 100 RBIs. He had 117 RBIs, and granted, that was during 2019. But the year before, he had 103. Always with a high batting average, he can give you solid amount of home runs. And if you put him at the top of that lineup, you have to figure he's going to bat somewhere at the top of that order. You're, you're almost guaranteeing close to 100 runs and close to 100 RBIs. You're going to get the good batting average. I think that really that would be a great move for his fantasy value. If he stays in Boston, it really depends what else they do. If they bring him back, they bring back Rafael Devers maybe and maybe a couple other pieces they add here and there. You got Verdugo. Who knows what J.D. Martinez was going to happen. I wouldn't feel as confident in Boston unless they go out there and they acquire a few pieces, which I doubt. I think they're more likely to tear it down and rebuild than they are to add pieces to it. So I think... Bogarts is really going to dictate their offseason. If he comes back, then they're probably going to try and re-sign Devers and you know, maybe add another piece here or there, bring in a pitcher, whatever whatever they're going to do. I think it will be dictated by Bogarts. If he leaves, then maybe they say, okay, this is the end of an era. We got a couple World Series out of these guys, but we have to unfortunately say um, it's the end. We have to start over. I think that, that is really the key to the Red Sox offseason. And Bogarts, if he does go back to Boston, I think that this ADP makes sense somewhere in the mid-80s. But if he does go to San Diego, I honestly think that he would go up into probably the 60s, 50s or 60s, just because you get that added security around him in the lineup. We know roughly what Bogarts is going to do. There's been some variance over the years, but his 162-game average is 20 homers, 88 ribbies, and a 292 batting average. And he's typically been a guy who's playing 150, 140-some-odd games. This year was 150, last year 144. Uh, he played 56 out of 60 in the short year. 155, 136, 148. He plays full seasons, you know. And me saying that's probably going to throw some shit into the universe about injuries. Uh, and we shouldn't really look at previous health as a predictor of future health. But he's someone who has pretty consistently been on the field um, for his career throughout the entire season. He's not somebody who misses a lot of time or takes a lot of days off. So those 20 homers, 88 ribbies, and a 292 average, I think that that's really attainable should he go to San Diego. Uh, those averages for runs, 96. 88 ribbies, 96 runs. I think that that's totally doable uh, in a full year in San Diego. So that's another really important player there in the fantasy landscape. Now, granted, shortstop is not the lightest position. There are a ton of good shortstops. He is the 11th shortstop by ADP. But that would just give a little bit more value to the position if he were to go to a juggernaut offensively like he is looking like he may end up signing with uh, with the Padres here. Still a long way to go. Uh, we're still not sure exactly what's going to happen. But that is one of the possibilities. Another possibility that I saw today is that the Twins may also be interested in Bogarts if they can't bring back Carlos Correa. I don't know what to expect with Carlos Correa. I really don't know if he's going to want to come back. There's been talk about the Cubs have shown a bit of interest. Um, and the, he's discussed a long-term deal with the Twins. I just think it's really weird. Like, he signed a three-year deal last offseason. Like, it was $105, 110000000 $110 I don't know why they went about it this way, that he would sign that deal, opt out, and then go back to Minnesota. 
He's trying to maximize the money he can make because Correa is 28 years old. Maybe he wants to sign, you know, an eight, 10 year contract somewhere and then be done with it, be locked in because the skills are still there. But I think he's not the greatest offensive player, really. It's more defensive. Offensively, he's still good. Um, and I think it more from a fantasy lens here as opposed to real life. Real life baseball, I think he's a lot better than he is in fantasy. You know, he doesn't steal any bases. Uh, he's never not a huge RBI or run guy. Um, I, I think I, I'm not big on Correa, and I haven't been big on Correa for fantasy for a little while. I just I'm not really getting um, the trajectory here with with Carlos Correa. Is he looking like he's going to go back to Minnesota? Not particularly, but there's not really one team where I look at and say, yeah, it looks like he's probably going to be signing here. Uh, still a lot of unknowns with Correa, and he's one of those guys where I don't think we're going to see him sign for a while. Uh, maybe he does go back to Minnesota, but I think it's more likely that he probably leaves. And I think the Cubs, I think the Cubs are probably going to try and go for Trey Turner or Dansby Swanson or maybe even Xander. But I think that Carlos Correa, there's something that I heard a while back, and I forget what it was, linking the two of them together, and that seems to be the one that would make sense. It's still very early in this process. I think, I mean, he could sign tomorrow hypothetically. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we get into February and we still don't know where a couple of these big names are going to go. Shortstop in particular, obviously there is a lot to go over. Uh, we went over Correa and, and Bogarts. And then we have Turner and Dansby Swanson, who I don't think that there's really anything too concrete about them. The Cubs also interested. But nothing really too, um, too much that's going to link them to any particular team. Trey Turner, I've heard Philadelphia talk as well. Uh, but I think we're still a bit of a ways away here from seeing these big-name guys actually end up signing anywhere. Um, still still a lot of uncertainty with the shortstop position in terms of where guys are going to be playing because we know that they're going to be valuable pretty much regardless of where they go, but there is also a bit of uncertainty with a guy like Dansby Swanson. Maybe he doesn't go back to Atlanta. Maybe, he, And I, I don't think that he will. For whatever reason, I think that they're going to take Grissom there and make Grissom more of an everyday shortstop type. Um, and I think that that's fine. They don't need to throw a lot of money at Swanson, although historically, these last couple of years under Alex Anthopoulos, they don't need to throw a lot of money at players. They just seem to want to sign there. But if Dansby goes to a team where they're offering him a Brinks truck, and maybe it's not the greatest of teams, we're going to drop his value a little bit. Because batting at the top of one of the best orders in baseball for Dansby obviously was a huge factor in his fantasy value. He had a great season as well. Uh, don't get me wrong, but anybody batting at the top of a great lineup like that is going to benefit in 99 runs, 96 RBIs. I don't know that we would see that from him. We pro likely wouldn't if he were to go to an inferior team, uh, a team who's not a contender, who maybe just wants to throw a lot of money and lock down a shortstop, who's still relatively young. He's only 28 years old. So still some uncertainty about his value, not really so much with Trey Turner. Uh, I've, I've seen some talk recently a little bit about Trey Turner, about how there is some worry. Um, you know, the steel's gone down a little bit over the last couple of years. The power is not massive, but... With Trey Turner, part of it is the fact that he was in the middle of that Dodgers lineup. I think he was third a lot of the time, and it's not really a team where you need to risk stealing. They won, what was it, 113 games last year? I honestly forget what it was, 100, 111 games. Uh, you don't really need to be risking stuff on the base paths when you have a team that's that good. They were first in runs, they were third in hits, fourth in batting average, first in on-base percentage, second in slugging. They were still ninth in stolen bases, but they're not a team that really needed to. Fifth in home runs as well. Just an offensive juggernaut. Uh, and, of course, pitching-wise as well. They were just overall a ridiculous team. They didn't need to take chances. 
Trey Turner, if he goes to a different team, maybe he steals a little bit more. If he comes back to the Dodgers, maybe that's not a thing because they're not really organizationally a big stealing team. Mookie Betts doesn't steal that many bases anymore. Um, Freddie Freeman actually had a good number of stolen bases this year, but I don't know that we can expect that every single season. Uh, They're not really a team that steals so much. So maybe we see Turner, if he does sign up long-term with L.A., those steals will go down a little bit. I still personally think he's the best player you can draft first overall in fantasy. If you want to take Jose Ramirez because third base is a little bit lighter or Ronald Acuna or Julio, I'm not going to give you a huge fight about it. But I do think Trey Turner is still about as valuable a player as you're going to find. And he's someone, he's one of these guys who is not really affected by where he goes. Maybe the steals go up a little bit if he were to leave, but overall I think he's going to be pretty much who he is wherever. Whereas Bogarts, Correa, and Dansby, there is definitely going to be some variance depending on where they sign. So those are that's the updates for shortstop. Um, there's a couple of things going on with the Cubs. They have, they're keeping tabs apparently on Cody Bellinger, Michael Conforto, and Christian Vasquez. I don't know that any of these guys really make that much sense. Christian Vasquez, perhaps. Um, Wilson Contreras is not going to be returning, I don't believe. Uh, so maybe Christian Vasquez can fill in there as the catcher. Michael Conforto, I don't know. I don't know what the Cubs really, what their game plan is. Are they trying to be successful in the next year or two? I don't think that that's really going to be in the cards for them. The lineup is, is pretty bare bones. I don't know that even if they sign Bellinger and Conforto and Vasquez, if it's really going to do much. Uh, Bellinger is somebody who I think will have another season or two where he is really, really valuable, and he's still a fantasy asset. He was like inside the top 150 fantasy players last season. You're talking pitchers and hitters combined. Uh, he was really he was like 10th round value in a 15 teamer roughly. I think that he will have one year at least where he gives you close to 30 home runs again and really blows up. So he can still be a huge asset real life or fantasy. But I don't know that he's going to really move the needle so much for the Cubs. Even Conforto, you know, I, I don't know that there's going to be so much that he's going to do for this team um, long-term, that even like short-term, long-term. I don't know that signing Conforto and Bellinger are really going to do it. If they're eyeing win now, which is not going to happen, they don't really do much for you. If you're trying to win down the line, I don't know that it really does much for you either. Conforto is 29. Bellinger's still pretty young, but I doubt that he would sign a deal that's any kind of long length he's probably going to sign a one year maybe one with an option um, just so he can kind of rebuild his image I would imagine that's I think what makes the most sense and sure maybe Christian Vasquez signs a three four year deal whatever it is Uh, he's a little bit older at 32 but these aren't guys that really are going to move the needle this is more just to fill in the lineup I think they don't make a ton of sense to me though I don't really expect if there's one guy who's going to go to the Cubs from this group I would think it would probably be Christian Vasquez because Wilson Contreras uh, I don't even think they they offered him a qualifying offer, or if they did, I think he he declined it. So he's I don't think going to be coming back to Chicago. That could be an option. Uh, Blue Jays have been talked about as trading partners, maybe some kind of Danny Jansen for Ian Happ. I almost said JA Happ there for a second. I got my Haps mixed up in my head, but I think we could see some kind of catcher movement there with the Cubs. That does make sense. We probably will. Um, but I don't think it's going to really move the needle so much, and especially with these other moves, I don't know that it's going to really do so much at all. But Let's move on. Let's talk quickly about Aaron Judge and the news today, or maybe it was yesterday that it came out, that Steph Curry is trying to recruit him to come to California. Uh, They were supposed to meet on Tuesday, but they ended up texting because there was some kind of delay in the flight. Uh, Apparently, Curry is a big Red Sox fan, and I know it sounds a little bit weird, but he's trying to, if you think about it, it makes sense, just trying to get uh, Aaron Judge away from the Yankees to help out his Red Sox. Um, 
I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Judge still. I don't think that he's likely to go to San Francisco. <clears throat> Their roster is not really that close, I don't think. They're exactly 500 team this year. Pretty middling offense. Pitching was not great in the bottom half of a lot of metrics. I don't know that it's really going to do so much. Um, I, if I was Judge, I probably would just go back to the Yankees. I think it makes the most sense legacy-wise. I think it makes probably the most sense uh, team-wise. You know, if he's going to go to the Dodgers or the Astros or something, okay, yeah, it's a better lineup, sure. But if I don't know if he wants to do that. And again, I don't know Aaron Judge. I don't know inside of his head. I feel like he'd probably be somebody who wants to achieve something more on his own than, you know, pull a Kevin Durant kind of move. Uh, for those of you who don't follow basketball, that's essentially just signing with the best team and, you know, helping them win a championship already. Um, as an elite player to go to an already established elite team. I think you guys probably know the Kevin Durant reference, but if you don't, um, I think that he's probably going back to the Yankees. Overall, um, you know, he's from the Bay Area, I believe, but when you spend so much time with an organization and you do what he did this year specifically, I think it'll be kind of hard. The only thing that might happen is the Yankees might try and lowball him for whatever reason because these Yankees are not the Yankees that I remember growing up with and that you guys listening probably remember growing up with, probably a lot of you guys older than I am, uh, the Yankees of the 70s. I think they were pretty poor in the 80s and then in the 90s, uh, spending a ton of money to bring in free agents, developing a couple of guys here and there, but a lot of guys who were either traded for or signed as free agents and given massive contracts. That's not really them anymore. They are... I don't know. I remember in the arbitration process in the middle of the season, it was like they were off by $1 million. I, I forget what the f- exact figure was, but it was like Judge wanted 18 and they wanted 20 and they like they wouldn't budge on a million dollars kind of thing for Aaron Judge. They were really stingy. I'm sure that kind of pissed off Judge a little bit. I'm sure the New York media and the fans kind of pissed him off a little bit, booing him in the playoffs. Uh, people were, were, were booing the guy who hit 62 home runs. He drove in 130. He scored 130. Unanimous MVP. I believe it was unanimous MVP. Maybe Otani got a vote. But I, I'm pretty sure he was close to unanimous, if not unanimous MVP. You guys are booing him in the playoffs. <clears throat> I don't know that that's going to bode so well in your attempt to bring him back next season. But I think overall that what is what makes the most sense, legacy-wise, team-wise, um, you know, looking forward-wise. Unless he gets some kind of ridiculous, stupid, can't-turn-down offer from Steve Cohen or from another team, uh, I think he's probably going back to the Yankees. And I do remember seeing something about how the Mets are not going to actively pursue him so much. Who knows if there's that much truth in that. But I wouldn't be so surprised if that does uh, end up being the case. Either way, really. Uh, Steve Cohen's kind of a hard guy to nail down. But, um, yeah, there's a couple other things we're going to talk about here. Um, Senga, Kodai Senga who is the free agent uh, Japanese pitcher. There was some weird stuff with him and the Giants as well. They had a graphic on their outside scoreboard that was, apparently this was earlier this month, but it's been talked about uh, yesterday and today, featuring Senga wearing a Giants jersey. This was displayed outside of their stadium for whatever reason on the scoreboard. Um, They put the guy in a Giants jersey and they put it up there. While he's still a free agent, I don't know if that's trying to entice him or if there was some kind of miscommunication there or what happened. Uh, it's definitely an interesting idea. Maybe if he does go there, that's a little bit more incentive for Judge. You know, a great pitcher going there. But there's also, I don't know how much that would really move the needle. You don't know what a guy is going to do coming from a different country. Um, this would likely be a replacement for Carlos Rodon, who is not going to return here. Uh, there's some news about him. We'll talk about it in a quick second. 
But he's not expected to return to the Giants. I really doubt that he would return. There's no reason for it. Um, so Senga would likely be a replacement there. I just think it's kind of weird that they would put this up on up on their video board unless they maybe know something. But at the same time, if they're going to do that, they should just you know announce that they're close to signing him or that they signed him or something. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but we're going to monitor that one pretty closely. There was also some ties that we saw uh, yesterday or the day before with uh, the Yankees. The Yankees have been in contact with Rodon, Senga, and also Justin Verlander. They're trying to bolster their starting rotation, and I think any of these guys would probably make sense. Uh, they're going to be going into the season with Garrett Cole, Nestor, Luis Severino, and Frankie Montes. If they add Verlander there, he's probably going to go to right at the top of that rotation. Uh, he's pitched with Garrett Cole as a 1-2 combo before. I believe it was 2019 where they were 1-2 and two for Cy Young, and you could literally have flipped a coin that year. So there is a connection there. Uh, maybe Verlander wants to go to the Yankees. There's nothing really else for Verlander to do in his career. Um, I have talked about this a little bit earlier in the offseason of maybe Verlander just wins the World Series and says there's no point going through another offseason. I don't think he's going to do that, but it was something we discussed about is he going to put himself through this? Is he going to try and get to 300 wins, get that ERA as low as possible for the career 324? He also risked blowing it up a little bit. Um, but when you look at the accolades, he won a Cy Young this year and the World Series. I thought there was a chance, especially if those things both happen, that he'd hang him up. So I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's something still in the back of my head that maybe he talks with a bunch of teams and he sees some good offers, but at the end of the day, he figures, do I need another $50, $70 million? Maybe do I need to put my body through this is probably the more likely uh, internal debate because the money, sure, he'll take the money. I think everybody would take the money, but it's do you want to go through that whole process again? And, you know, he's 39 years old, Justin Verlander. Uh, he's going to be 40 before he throws another pitch in the big leagues. I would be a little bit cautious about this still, and I think that it's not going to happen, but it's something that I have talked about, and it's something that I think sh you should consider of maybe if he doesn't get the right offer that he's looking for, uh, he'll just say, you know what, I've had a great career. I'm going to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, and I don't need to push this any more than I already have. Uh, this season was incredible. It'll probably be looked back on as one of the greatest seasons in baseball history, what Verlander did a year after Tommy John to win the Cy Young with a sub-2 ERA and win the World Series. He's just incredible. Nine All-Star games for the career, two World Series, AL MVP, ALCS MVP, a triple crown, three Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. You could go on and on and on. Three no-hitters. He is just, he's done everything you can possibly accomplish, which is why I would think maybe he just doesn't want to push it anymore. I think that that's something that could pop up. Maybe it doesn't, but I think that it's definitely something that we should uh, keep in the back of our minds. Another team that was talked about with Carlos Rodon was the Rangers. Uh, they've also been tied to Jacob deGrom. Maybe that's just nonsense that's put out by the team or whoever. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's fans. I, I don't know that deGrom would really want to go to Texas. Maybe he would. I honestly don't know where DeGrom is from. Maybe he's from there or something. I, For some reason, I don't think he is from Texas, though. Uh, let's see. He is from he's from Florida. Yeah, so I don't know that he would go to the Rangers. They're an okay team. They're kind of up and coming. Um, but at the same time, they're not, like, a great team. Uh, I don't know if that would be the team where I would really want to sign. That being said, they did convince Corey Seager and Marcus Semien to sign there this season. But they won 68 games. Uh, you got Josh Young coming up. Maybe he's going to be a, a guy. And it looks like he is probably going to be a guy. 
You got Garcia, you got Lau, you got a couple of decent pitchers. But at the end of the day, I don't know that DeGrom is going to go there. I think that the most likely scenario for him is probably going back to the Mets. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But if if this is the best option he's going to have, and maybe it's not, I think most teams would make an offer. I just don't see Texas being the team uh, that would make a lot of sense. And that's the team that he's been linked to. Um, I'm going to see if there's another team. Because I feel like there might have been one other team that he's been linked to, but... Pretty much that has been the rumor. Um, yeah, the most recent report was that he prefers to stay with the Mets if contracts are close between two teams. And, you know, before that, the report was he's interested in signing with the Rangers. So I would expect that he would probably go back there. Uh, Rodon, maybe Rodon would go to Texas. I don't I don't know. With, with, with DeGrom, I just feel like this guy does not have a lot of time left uh, in his career. He's 34 already. I think he needs to maximize his World Series opportunities while he is still pitching, while he's healthy. And I don't know that Texas is really going to do that. Where with Rodon, he's five years younger. I think maybe he would take a more of a chance signing a bit of, a, not, not even necessarily long term, but like three or four years in Texas to just, you know, try and grow with this team a little bit, see what they can do, see what they can pull together. With DeGrom, it's pretty much we need to win now. Uh, for his career he's 34 he's dealt with a ton of health problems who knows how long his elbow is going to be able to hold out for I think that he is probably going to go back to the Mets maybe he'll convince Steve Cohen maybe Steve Cohen won't need any convincing to really make a push for Judge or some other massive free agents so I, I would think that it's most likely that he goes back to the Mets I think that's pretty much it for the news um the big news I'm just going to see if I had missed anything here but I think that's pretty much it uh yeah that's that's pretty much it um, Mike Maddox is going to be the pitching coach for the Rangers. And I think that Mike Maddox has kind of been seen as declining over the years. Um, he's been with the Royals for six, or no, sorry. He, no, he wasn't with the Royals. Um, they also added, sorry, uh, Kansas City general manager Dayton Moore is the senior advisor. He was with the Royals for a long time. Uh, Maddox has been with Texas. He's been with St. Louis. Um, but I think that the general narrative around him is that he's kind of, gotten a little bit too on in years to be much of a pitching coach anymore. I think people kind of, maybe it's not that, but people don't really value him as a pitching coach. There was a lot of talk this year about how he's not so great anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be really a great move for them to sign free agent pitchers just because of the general narrative around him, Uh, but nothing too massive there. Hunter Renfro, I guess, is the last thing we'll talk about here. I don't think it'll have massive uh, fantasy implications but he's going to a less friendly home ballpark in Los Angeles. <clears throat> he was able to hit 29 home runs this year. Uh, I don't know that he's going to do that in L.A. Now, L.A. is always such a wild card. We've talked about this quite a bit. Um, Otani and Trout, everything's working well for them. doesn't seem to really matter because they can't get anything else going. And we've also seen Trout deal with injuries and stuff. Uh, if he's bad in the middle of that lineup behind those dudes, then 100 RBIs is likely if they're healthy. Uh, something that he is very capable of doing if he's bad and behind Shohei and Trout. If they're not there, if they get traded, which I don't think at this point is going to happen, or if Trout's injured or if one of them gets hurt or whatever, I'm not going to be too big on Hunter Renfro's fantasy value. I'm going to pull up the ADP real quick. I think he was going in the mid-150s before. It probably hasn't changed too much. If anything, I'd say maybe a touchdown. Uh, just because you're getting a bit of a, da- a downgrade in terms of a ballpark. But I don't think it's going to matter too, too much here. Uh, 156 is where he's going by ADP. Probably a probably should remain about the same. I don't think it'll be moving drastically around too much one way or the other. 
Uh, I, I don't think this is going to be a, a massive fantasy move one way, one way or the other here. Um, they do have a lot of outfielders. He should have uh, a regular playing role there. He should play most days. And I think that it will probably be a fairly similar line to what we have seen uh, even just this year. You know, 20-some-odd home runs, 70-ish RBI, 70 runs with an all-right batting average. I think that's most likely. But if he does uh, slot in, let's say it's, you know, Otani second, Trout third, Renfro fourth or something, then I would be pretty interested in in drafting him a little bit higher. We'll see what happens in spring training and everything else. But he's also someone who I believe is not um, not a great lockhouse, lock not a great clubhouse personality, uh, mixing up locker room and clubhouse in my head there. Uh, there was some talk about how they weren't happy with him, about how I forget exactly what it was, but the Brewers were kind of ready to be done with him. And now they're done with him. So maybe the Angels have some kind of similar problem. Not really sure what to expect with him um, in terms of that. But in terms of his production, 20-ish home runs, 70, 80 RBIs, I think is probably about right. And still going in that 150, 160 range makes makes sense to me. No need to make massive adjustments on him one way or the other. But that's going to do it for us, guys. I really appreciate you guys continuing to check out the show here in the offseason. I know when there's no baseball on. Most people don't tune into a baseball podcast, so those of you that continue to do so uh, means quite a bit to me. Go check me out over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, at EthosFantasyBB is where all of our content is posted from. We've got these articles from Stephen Bagel that have been coming out. I think he's going to do one a week, maybe two a week going forward up until we have you know taken care of all the divisions. He's previewing every team and their roster for next season, his predictions for signings, for trades, for everything like that. Uh, they are at Ethos Fantasy BB. They're also at SportsEthos.com. You can find them there. Uh, like we said off the top, send me a message if you want to get added into our Discord. We are adding, I think we've added 500 people or so into the Discord since the whole Twitter news broke that we were worried about uh, content and what would where would it go after Twitter. A lot of places have opened up posts and Mastodon and all this weird stuff that looks... Kind of interesting. Mastodon, honestly, kind of looks like a mess. Post looks kind of interesting. But we're going to stick with Discord because it's what we've already been doing. Obviously, there's forums also at sportsethos.com. You can find on our website where there's still places to chat in our community. So there's no need to worry about losing contact if Twitter goes down or something. There are still a ton of places to find Sports Ethos in our content. Uh, one last thing before we go for the week, a five-star review on the pod. I know I've been an annoying bastard when it comes to that, but... Five stars, a couple of kind words would really go a long way in helping us just expand our audience here a little bit in the offseason. As we head into next year, I'd really like to get the numbers you know, close to doubling what we did in our first year. And I'm very happy uh, that you guys have chosen to listen to this podcast. I would just like to get some more people out there as well uh, tuning in. So hit the five star, a couple of kind words, uh, follow on Twitter, do all that good stuff. And we will see you again next week where we will start diving into pitching. Michael Simeone will join us. We will start breaking down all of the top pitchers in baseball. I really hope you guys are there for the ride. Until then, take care and cheers, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.